Hey, hey, what is up, my friends and fellow busy bees? If this is your first time tuning in, hey, I'm Mel. I'm a full-time furniture painter and refinisher and content creator online, teaching you how to bring new life to your old and unloved furniture pieces to ultimately help keep as many pieces of furniture out of the landfill as possible. Because if you didn't know, there are roughly 10 million tons of F-waste, which is furniture that gets thrown out, that end up in our landfills each year in Canada and the U.S. alone. And I always like to point out the equivalent size, just so you can get an idea of how big that would be and what that would look like, which is 10 million fully grown white rhinoceros. I never know how to do the plural of that. Rhinoceroses? And those are about 2,000 pounds each, so 10 million of those every year. So safe to say that anything we can do to come together to save those pieces from ending up in the landfill, the better. And one way we can do that is by refinishing or redesigning existing furniture in our homes that maybe isn't exactly in style or on trend anymore, or maybe you've just gotten a bit bored of it and are looking to shake things up, or maybe it has some visible wear and tear and you want something that looks newer and not so well-loved. If that's the case, stay tuned because in today's episode, I want to walk you through some approaches to modernize your tired looking wood furniture that you may have sitting in your home that you had been thinking of getting rid of in order to buy a new piece for your space. I think this approach, refinishing and modernizing or switching up existing pieces, is the ideal first step someone should explore when looking for a quote new piece for their home. It's cheaper, easier, usually requires the same or even less time than having to measure out the space, do a bunch of research to find a piece you want instead, maybe drive around to a bunch of stores looking for something that will work, and then having to buy it, load it into the car, drive it back home, unload it from the car, bring it inside, and then also potentially assemble it, depending what you get and if you've ever had to assemble a piece of furniture particularly from a four-letter furniture manufacturer that I will not name, you know that that can, you know, ruin marriages and stuff, so it's not always the funnest thing in the world. So not only is that a financial investment, and with the rising prices of virtually every product I've seen lately, chances are you paid a pretty penny for that new dresser or table or whatever it is, but there's also the time investment of all of those tasks, which shouldn't be overlooked. Time is money. You have a busy life, you work hard, so in your free time, wouldn't you rather use the available time you do get in your day to relax, take care of yourself, spend some time with your family or friends, or explore your hobbies and passions? Exactly. So think about trying out or exploring some of these options the next time you decide you want to get new furniture for your home key here is that unless you're looking to switch out the function of the piece or the type of thing that is there, like if you have a buffet in one spot but you want to switch it out for an armchair, well then maybe you can't necessarily modernize the buffet into an armchair, fair enough, but you might have an armchair in another space in your home that you could use there and perhaps the buffet would work well instead where the armchair used to sit. So that's tip number one, to look around your home and play around with the layout because that might give you the dopamine boost you were looking for when you initially decided you wanted to change up your space. That's definitely the cheapest, easiest, and quickest option to shake things up in your home. However, that buffet may actually be doing a great job for the purpose that you had initially bought it for, showcasing some decor elements on top and being a storage space to use in your dining room, 
to hold additional plates and cutlery for when you host dinner parties and housing other small appliances so that they're hidden but easily accessible. If that's the case and it's still fulfilling its function but you're just feeling like the look of it is a bit bleh or doesn't match the vibe of your home now, not to worry. We have some fixes for that. The plus side is that the piece is already in that space and it fits well, presumably, in the space too. So we want to capitalize on those things and just work at changing around the look of it. If the piece is solid wood and you like the look of it, but it's just starting to look a bit worn or maybe there's some artificial scratches from light wear and tear, one of my favorite things to do is just to give it a drink and see if that's all it needed. By giving it a drink, I mean providing some moisture to make the finish look good as new. For the outside, I'll often use Howard's Restora Finish. This is a liquid product that I like to apply with a shop rag or very fine steel wool, and it has a finish penetrating formula that restores wood finishes while also blending out minor scratches, blemishes, and abrasions. It comes in nine different colors, so it makes it really easy to find a color or a shade that will closely resemble the finish on the wood furniture piece you have. And it takes seconds to just wipe the product into the furniture piece and see it completely come back to life. It's kind of crazy the difference that you get sometimes. It truly can make a piece look good as new. For the inside of the piece, because I always like to look at my furniture pieces as a whole when I refinish them, so not just looking at the outside, if the drawers are made of wood as well, then I will use a furniture salve on them. Again, this just gives the wood a nice drink of moisture and makes the wood look revived and rich again. I'll link all the products that I mentioned in the show notes that I typically use for this, which are Howard's Feed and Wax and Dixie Belle's Big Mama's Butter. These are oil-based ointments, essentially, for the wood and will also usually get rid of any minor scratches or blemishes in the wood drawers. The bonus is that they also have a light scent. I typically choose the orange scented ones because it's like light and citrusy and fruity, but not super overpowering. And that helps to make the piece smell fresh and bring some new life to it and get rid of or mask any muskiness that may have developed in it over time. If the drawers are in really rough shape and have a lot of deeper scratches for some reason or are just really dirty, I've come across some that were presumably in a child's room and they had taken liberties with their markers on the drawer bottoms over the years. You can first try to revive them a bit by sanding them down with an orbital sander, or if you're looking for a workout, you can do it the old school way. I'd recommend using about 120 grit sandpaper, maybe 150, because you want to rough it up and remove the finish a bit, but not rough it up so much that we need to go back in with multiple higher grit sandpapers after in order to smooth it out. And if they're still not looking quite as you had envisioned, you can always add a drawer liner to add a fun, new, and unexpected pop of personality to the drawers of your furniture piece. I dive into more detail on the different items that you can use as drawer liners, as well as what I use to adhere them in episode 25, Ways to Make Over Your Furniture Drawers. So feel free to check out that episode if you're interested in learning more. All I will say is that you may be surprised how such a small detail that you don't even necessarily see day to day when the furniture piece is closed can really make an impact and bring some new life into the piece when you're using it. Feel free to have some fun with the pattern, color, or picture that you use on the inside and give yourself a smile or a laugh anytime you open up one of those drawers. 
Before I get into the other ways you can change the look of your outdated wood furniture to modernize it and bring it into the style and vibe of your home, I wanted to let you know about a digital resource I launched recently that you might be interested in. I know the world of furniture painting and refinishing has a ton to learn. I'm still learning every day myself. And it can be overwhelming in terms of how much content and resources and learning there is out there in order to figure out what to do for your first furniture makeover. If you Google a certain question, you'll definitely get an answer. But if you scroll to the next result that came up, it will probably give you the complete opposite answer. It makes it pretty frustrating, I know, because I was there once too. I've come to realize that the best way to learn about how to do these furniture flips is just to do and learn along the way. So I have compiled a no BS guide to your first furniture makeover that walks you through my framework step-by-step step for completing your first furniture makeover, whether you want to paint, stain, or some combination of the two on your piece. It also comes with my first furniture makeover supplies checklist, which will make sure you're set up for success when it comes time for you to sit down and finally tackle that piece of furniture. I know many of you have a piece of furniture in your house already in mind, or maybe a piece you saw for cheap at the thrift store, or even sitting out on the side of the road in perfectly good condition that is now sitting in your garage, but you've been nervous to take the leap to actually tackle it in case you screw it up. With this no fluff, no nonsense, no BS guide, I will take your hand, pump your tires up, and get you rolling through from start to finish on that beautiful furniture makeover I know you have in you. So I'll link to that in the show notes of this episode if you're interested in checking it out, or you can head to my website, meldidherself.ca slash first hyphen furniture hyphen makeover hyphen guide or dash. I still don't know what I'm calling that thing, but you can click through in the show notes. <laughs> Another quick, easy, and relatively inexpensive change you can make to your piece of furniture is to change out the hardware on it. This is something that can transform your piece entirely, especially if you choose some statement knobs or pulls. It makes the piece feel completely new, which is why it is always one of my most favorite parts of any furniture makeover. Depending on the type of hardware you choose, you can contextualize the piece style-wise. So some hardware is, is very obviously vintage and ornate and makes the piece look older and intentionally kind of worn and well used. And you can contextualize it within the style of your home. So things like cup pulls are typically used in farmhouse style pieces. If you opt for shiny gold handles, it will often give a chic modern feel. The possibilities in terms of style, shape, color, and texture are truly endless. You'd be surprised what you can find out there if you do some good research. I've used hardware that was made of marble, caning, macrame, and even knitted knobs, among other things. So sourcing some new hardware that vibes well with your new color scheme or style of your home if you've changed it recently, or even just changing out the shape of the hardware can give it a whole new feel. I've also found that depending on the color of metal or other material the new hardware is, it can often change what undertones come through in the wood on the piece as well. So it can give the illusion that you maybe stained it or lightened the wood a bit or something when really it's just an optical illusion, which is kind of fun. Okay, so those are the quick, easy changes that you can make that will make a sizable impact on the look and feel of your wooden furniture piece. However, if you're looking for something more drastic in terms of change, there are some options. 
They will require you to buy a few more products and dedicate some more time to making the piece over. However, again, it will still likely end up being quicker and cheaper than if you were to source a new piece altogether. And not to mention, there is no better feeling than looking at a piece of furniture in your home, absolutely loving how it looks, and having the satisfaction of knowing that you were the one who made it look like that and brought it back to life. So your first option is to fully sand it down and stain it a new color. Depending on the finish that is currently on your piece, you may decide to either sand it, strip it with a chemical stripper, or scrape it with a carbide tip scraper. And sometimes you need to use a combination of the three methods in some way, just to get it down to the bare wood finish. To ensure the wood is in good condition to be stained, you want to start at a lower grit sandpaper, around 100 grit at first, and then work your way up to, I'd say at least 220 grit to smooth the wood out and close some of those wood pores so that they more consistently take the stain and you don't end up with patchy spots. Another way to set yourself up for success and ensure you get a consistent stain finish is to use a wood conditioner prior to staining as per the directions on the product that you get. Then you just go in and stain and you're good to go. Your second option is to paint the piece entirely. Now, some people have very strong opinions about painting solid wood furniture, and as I've come to find out, they really enjoy being vocal online about this burning passion for justice that they have in relation to home furnishings. I can appreciate where it's coming from because they like the look behind these wood pieces and they appreciate the craftsmanship that went into making the piece. Also, these pieces are often older, so they, I don't know, get personally offended when paint ends up on them. But rest assured, if this is you or if you are just nervous about the prospect of putting paint on your piece, only to realize that you don't like how it looks and wish you had never done that and you want your wood piece back, you can absolutely have that. There are many ways to remove paint from wood furniture, like stripping, sanding, or scraping the piece, and it could be good as new in no time. That will obviously require a bit more time and elbow grease though, so keep that in mind. One way to get an idea of what the piece will look like when painted, especially if you're a visual person, is to create a kind of mood board on something like PowerPoint, Canva, or even just your Instagram stories. I like to import a picture of the piece as it is, and then import a photo of the paint swatch that I find online for the color of paint I have in mind, and then I just use the color picker or color dropper tool to snag that paint color and then draw over the parts of the before photo that you plan to paint, and just see how you like the feel of it. Sometimes just sitting on your design for a bit really helps to make a decision too, so if you're feeling indecisive during the stage, don't worry, I constantly am. My middle name is indecision, in fact. Just take a break and then come back to it and mull it over in a bit, and you might have some more clarity in your plan of action. For paint options, I recently did a podcast episode, episode 31, called Mineral Paint 101, where I discuss my preferred brand of paint when doing a furniture makeover, which is Fusion Mineral Paint, and I talk about why I like it, what types of projects I choose it for, and some of my favorite colors in their line, and I also have a link for 10% off all their products in that episode if you're interested in checking it out. Again, that's number 31. Your third option is to do a combination of painting some parts of the piece and staining other parts. A common combo when doing this is to paint the base of it and then stain the top or even just leave the top the normal raw wood color. 
if you have a certain vision for the piece or there are some more kind of clearly defined spots where it would make sense to keep some parts wood and paint others, that's always an option as well. Again, doing a mood board might be helpful to aid you in figuring out the composition of the design and what combination will look good together and make the piece look well balanced and just nicely finished overall. Or just go with the flow and figure it out as you go so you avoid overthinking it. Either way, I'm sure it will turn out great. And regardless of what you decide to do to refinish your wood furniture piece, I always recommend adding a top coat over the paint or stain that you added to the piece once everything is thoroughly dried. Make sure to read the directions on whatever product you use to find out the proper drying times. But this top coat will add some durability to your finish as well as just make it look much more just clean and well finished. Even if you feel like you can see some imperfections in the paint, maybe a brush stroke here or there or whatever it might be, adding a top coat always brings everything together really nicely and ensures that it looks much more flawless. I typically use a water-based polyurethane as a top coat most often for my pieces, but there are lots of options out there. And the last recommendation I will leave you with is to make sure that you're waiting the proper amount of time for your furniture piece and the products on it to fully cure before you're using it consistently or are putting home decor or other things onto it. This curing period takes anywhere between 21 to 30 days after you've finished with the piece. And although the finish is dried and seems like it's durable, the products haven't yet fully cured together. So there is the potential to scratch the finish easier. Or if you leave things on the surface during this time, you may find that the products cure to the bottom of whatever you put on it. So when you go to move that lamp or vase or other home decor item, it may peel the top coat and or paint finish back with it and ruin all of your hard work to transform that beautiful piece. So beware. And something you may not know about me, I love little motivational messages. They always get me fired up and I keep a running list of ones that are especially catchy or speak to me in the notes app on my phone. So I end every podcast episode with one of those that I've noted down over the years in hopes that you leave our time here each week feeling inspired, motivated, and ready to take on whatever comes your way this week. So this week's Mel's motivational message is, believe you can and you're halfway there. I always say that doing these furniture makeovers aren't necessarily difficult. The work isn't hard. It's very procedural and you just do one step and then move to the next step to the next step and you kind of deal with the situation in front of you as you go. But you really do need to kind of just have that confidence to just start and to be willing to screw things up potentially and just being confident in the fact that no matter what you do, there's always a fix out there or there's always a way to undo what you did unless you accidentally like put a saw through the center of it might be a little structurally unsound after that but but short of that you can pretty well fix anything that might happen so you just need to believe that you have the ability to do so just give yourself even if it's false confidence just give yourself the confidence to dive into it and give it a go because the awkwardness or the unfamiliarity with the process the first time you do it is so much smaller compared to the pride and accomplishment that you feel after having done it. Even if there's some imperfections in the finished product, you know, don't expect that it will be flawless and perfect the first time around. If it is, all the better, but it's all about learning and adapting and figuring things out and doing things better the next time. 
But I can guarantee you, if you've never done a furniture makeover before, when you look back at that before photo and you look at the piece that's in front of you once you've completed it, that's going to be a feeling of satisfaction that's kind of just hits different, especially if it's a piece that's going to be in your home and you get to enjoy it and look at it day in and day out. So you really just need to get that confidence, get that belief in yourself, and that gets you halfway to the finish line. After that, it's just step by step. And again, if you need a guide to help you get through there, you can click through in the show notes of this episode. But there's so many resources out there in the world that we can kind of, we can do most things if we really set our minds to it. In today's day and age, there's very few things that there's not like a how-to video out there. And maybe there's some safety things that means that we shouldn't be doing all the things that we might have the potential to be able to do, or we could find the answers on how to do it on the internet, sure. But believe me when I say that less than three years ago, I had never picked up even like a drill I hammered in a couple nails into a wall maybe, but I was not a DIYer. I was not a painter. I had never refinished a piece of furniture, but I just dived in. And to be honest, I don't even know if I had the belief in myself from the get-go, but I was just kind of bored and had a task that I wanted to complete. So I just did the next best thing at every stage along the way, and it turned out great. So believe you can and you're halfway there and bring that confidence and that self-motivation into your personal life too because so often we have that imposter syndrome or we have those negative thoughts that come through that keep us from trying things out or doing things or feeling the confidence to show up in the world the way that we should or the way that we have the potential to kind of add our peak confidence and just enjoyment of the world around us. So just have that belief in yourself and remind yourself that if you can just force that a little bit, fake it a little bit, give yourself that belief in yourself, you're going to work that muscle and it's going to become easier and more second nature the more often that you do it. And that really gets you halfway to the finish line for whatever it is that you're trying to do because you're showing up as your authentic self, as your best self. You are committed and you're excited because you have that self-assuredness in whatever it is that you're taking on in your life and that will take you so much further because there's so many people that show up and they are not so confident and they're timid and they doubt themselves and they show up in maybe a negative way or they're they have that negative self-talk to themselves and that's just holding them back so if you can show up having that belief in yourself you're halfway there you're starting that much further ahead towards the finish line than those people are and that kind of energy will just take you forward and get you where you're aiming to be all right that's it for now i appreciate your time and i'll catch you guys next week <laughs>